Hello, and welcome to episode 76 of the Live to Walk Again podcast. My name is Jeremy Dixon. I'm your host as always. With me again tonight, Brandon Stevens. Brandon, say hello to the people. Slow clap it in. What's up, Jay? What's up, man? I just want to remind everybody, you can uh, listen to this podcast anywhere uh, you might listen to podcasts. You obviously found it somewhere, so why don't you go ahead and click that subscribe button. Maybe uh, rate us, review if you, if possible, whatever, uh, you know, please five stars only because that's what, that's our goal here. But, uh, and we appreciate you all listening. Uh, Brandon, how you doing? Oh, I couldn't be better, Jeremy. You're such a professional. You're a real I just, professional I always forget. This. I always forget to do that, man. So I, It doesn't matter. To... You do that every time. But I'm just saying, like, the way you come through on the podcast now, as you can tell, we're on episode 76. Hey, man, we're, we're professional started, podcasters you now. You started bro. as this shy, little timid young man on episode one. And yeah, I'm yeah. out here just carrying this whole podcast oh, for the first God, man. 58 episodes. And then you just blossomed. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I'm just joking. All right, but no, nah, man, you're good. I love Brandon. It. Brandon bought Look, a Brandon bought a Tesla, so wow. he's got a little more confidence now. Hey, I'm just trying to do my part to save the environment, man. Yeah, I love uh, it. You know, I think I'm actually. I was thinking, I do. You know, walking around my neighborhood, and I'm I'm the first electric vehicle in there. Nice. And you know, gas is going up, and it's just not a. Um, sustainable product for the future yeah we need uh i mean i know elon musk is trying to to make us all walk again but uh maybe he could in the meantime man throw a throw a tesla engine in a wheelchair accessible vehicle well, man let's go yeah man but i like like i told you we're not gonna need one of those man that's true that's true you'll be riding the model x it's your big <laughs> ass before you know it hope so man dude i shaved my beard off this week that's uh that was a weird feeling Especially in the middle of winter. You already grew back that much beard? I mean, I didn't shave it completely bald, but yeah, I... Yeah, that'd be weird. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I did did it. I thought it was getting a little too scraggly. Yeah, I had it gets A little it, too much uh, gray in there. Yeah, that's true, man. That's Mine gets pretty gray. We're getting, we're getting up there, man, but, you know... Man. Um, that's just... That's all right. Yeah, I didn't hear... The only feedback I heard uh, last week on whether or not we should chop it up at the beginning of the episodes was... Yeah, man. Screw the people that said no. Seriously, so. man. I don't know. Like, I, I don't, listen, I'm not here to make any money. So I'm here right. to more conversate with you Have about. Fun. I'm Have just, a- I'm here to conversate with you about um, people living with spinal cord injuries and walking again. And so I don't know why we can't have a conversation about that. I agree, man. I, agree. I, I, don't, I don't get it. So <laughs> fuck the haters, man. Yep. Yep. Seriously. Facts, bro. Um, yeah, man, I keep seeing, uh, I think that I really want to try one of these exoskeletons, Brandon. These things look I've so I've seen Art good. up in one of those. I smashing, saw that too. Dude. Yeah, he was cruising, Ooh. man. That was cool. Shout out Art Renowitzki. Actually, Art is the one that uh, told me, like, steered me towards uh, our guest today, who's uh, Mr. Mr. Jorge Sierra. Um who he's a published author he's a motivational speaker he he's a you know he spoke to the carolina panthers talks a lot of schools does a lot of stuff with uh students um trying to you know really promote education things like that um and he's got a wild story man once uh once the uh once the rona's over man and uh and we're able to get back out there 
We need to return you to the streets, man. We need <laughs> we need to return you to the streets where you're from, bro. Like we need to get you back in the schools. Yeah, um, that's true, man. I did. We need I to did. get you up on on the stage talking to people. They'll call. They'll say the renowned Jeremy Dixon from the Live to Walk Again Foundation, the Live to Walk Again podcast. Yeah, man, um, we'll do it. You know, and we'll we'll speak the facts. Um, I think we're we used to do that a little bit. Remember back in the day, and I think we probably talked yeah. about that on the podcast. Talked a lot about drunk driving and, and that bad, shit's helpful, and, yeah, man. Bad decisions. It's it. I feel it, like it, it weighs too. heavily on me. Like I don't, I would never get behind the wheel drinking because of your situation, man. So you know, we can impact just a few people i think at least from that regard until we can make an impact um and we can speak on like the you know the advances in spinal cord injury um technology and cures and bring that to the light right and awareness in that yeah man that would be i can't wait to get back out and we were about to start doing that again right before we had something set up in may to go speak at a school oh yeah i'm and yeah. uh, like I said, I'm just like, I'm, I'm, your, I'm like your assistant when we roll on the road, bro. Nobody <laughs> cares to hear from me, man, but yeah, you're the star of the show. Yeah. I just, but <clears throat> you know, I'm down to bring it, bring it, bring there, bring that with me. And, uh, if we can, if we can tell the story, man, and get some more ears on the podcast, that would be dope. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, we definitely appreciate everybody tuning in tonight. Um, I guess so you didn't know it was the night, but hey. it is. Yeah, we're a little late. We're on the evening. Uh, Brandon, Brandon had some, some things come up. Why are you up. always blaming on me, man? Because, man, I'm ready to go, like, any time. <laughs> I kicked, like, I kicked somebody out of the house so we could do this tonight. Um, but Man. anyway, you know, we're, we're out here. We're, we're doing it. We're, I, I told you like, this is our podcast, bro. We can do what we want. I know, man, but I just feel there's like no, schedule. like there, there's no schedule on podcast, man. Like, unless you're <laughs> obligated to bring out three episodes a week because you're getting paid $7 million a year man, or something. Spotify hit us up, please. <laughs> I will gladly <laughs> do that. Um, or you know like you're you've got a podcasting tour and you're obligated to do a couple nights a week or whatever um we've been to a podcast recording i've actually been to two really yeah we did we went to uh michael rapaport the or the yeah. i am rapaport stereo podcast and being he had, recorded. He had the legend fun. sean kemp the rain man oh, on there so that was a good so time i man. was i was all about that but um I, I know a lot of people that do podcasting for a living Nice. Um, they do that, you know, tour on their podcast. Yeah, right? for sure. Um, yeah, a lot of comedians do that. Like, they'll just do a show and record it, you know, yeah, like, uh, as a podcast, too. But, yeah, it's We pretty need good. a Netflix special. Ooh, man, that would be great. That would be great. They need a Netflix special on spinal cord injuries. That's what they really need. It's for real, man. They should have put um, uh, Ferg and... Ferg. Fern and... Uh, yeah, Paul. Paul and Fern's uh, podcast, yeah. uh, what was that, Any One of Us? Any One of Us. They should have put that on Netflix. Well, it's on uh, I know it's on HBO. HBO. HBO Max. Check it out if you haven't seen that yet. It's a very powerful, powerful and movie. And that's uh, episode number two or three yeah, in four. the podcast series. It's yeah. in the it's in the early um, early episodes. It's in the single of, digits, for It's sure. in the single I would If you're listening to this podcast and you haven't... Um, listen to that episode before that's uh about a professional mountain bike rider for red bull call uh his name is paul bassagodia and he got injured uh doing a sick stunt 
Yeah, that was. Um, it was actually not even really that big of a jump, I guess. Actually, when he talks about it, but right. for most people, it's a wild dash, some wild dash. <laughs> yeah, shit, it'd be dude. wild for any of us. Uh, but. but he had a uh, documentary because he um, documented a lot of the process. Yeah, everything. Yeah, he so had just got a new camera. That's a pretty common theme, though. I've talked to somebody else too that um, like documented everything after there. Dude, I'm blanking on who I mean, it was we just now. missed the boat, man. Like. Yeah, it happened um, too know, early, man. We, we just we could have um, made some some waves or some impacts. I was just but, uh, I was just high as a kite in my uh, in my hospital room uh, listening to Wyclef Jean. Yeah, having the nurses yell at me, man. Turn turn it down. Wondering about NBA Live '95 when it was 1998. Yeah, you always tell me that, man. I don't remember that. <laughs> oh, that, I know. Uh, I don't remember that even conversation. Know, you didn't even at know all. you were hurt, dude. You were like, ah. Yeah, I was out of it, but uh What's up, B? <laughs> What's up with that live ninety five? I'm like, uh Jay. All right, come on. <laughs> hey man, you know Stay it's, with uh, me, bro. <laughs> yeah. Could have been worse, man. Could have been worse. But yeah, yeah, fuck that. I wouldn't want to feel shit either, dude. Like that's keep me as high as a pie, dude, when during that time because there's a lot to be going a lot of pain right there, man. Yeah. Yeah, for Both sure. Physically and mentally, man. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, you know, that's what another good thing about our interview yesterday. This guy has got the best attitude. Like he's just, well, I mean, yeah, you're going to, you're going to hear from him in a second, but that's, um, that's, um, imperative, but it's not always the case, but it's a common theme on our podcast because we highlight inspirational stories. Well, I feel like, man, if you're going to do anything, if you're going to be, be out there, if you're going to like, you're, you're either going to make a decision to make the best of, uh, which is what, uh, excuse me, uh, which is what I try to do. You're going to make the best of it or you're going to be miserable, man. I mean, if you're, uh, you know, just down and feeling like crap every day, I mean, you've, and I feel like crap some days and I yeah. said, you got to make the best but, of it. But though. we all do, man. And, um, it's well, crazy. that's what, see, this is what, this is what Jorge talks about, man. Everybody yeah. has their own wheelchair. So, like you can just, facts, mine and Jorge, me and Jorge, you can just see our wheelchairs. Okay. And, uh, you know, other people are dealing with stuff, you know, he's he like. dropped that kind of heat? Yeah, for oh, real. Man, Jorge was getting deep, bro. Yeah, man. That's what he, that's what he taught. He has a whole program he talks to kids about, man. Shit. So we're going to link his website my, and everything. He just fucked my day up though with that, man. <laughs> It's true though, man. He was like, you know, he's like, because that's me wild you, to think about. Yeah, man. he was like, Jeremy, me and you would probably not trade our problems for other people. You know, like other people, because we already know, man, we're dealing with our problems. Like, yeah. we know what we're in. It's, like, you don't know what it's right what on Front people, Street, right? Yeah, everybody else, everybody else got some shit in the closet, dude. Yeah, the for skeletons real. in the closet. These, these demons or these, you know, this daily struggle. Yeah, Facts, man. So. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it's a it's a very some good things, interview. man. You know, some things are physically de- debilitating, man. But even the some of those mental things that people go through. Mm-hmm. I mean, you imagine being so depressed you don't want to leave your bed for a week or two. No. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I'm more. Yeah, I mean, I'm depressed if I have to like stay in bed because yeah. I'm not feeling well. Yeah. Like Jorge talks about. Yeah, man, oh, it's man. wild. Like, I can't he talks about all it, kinds man. of stuff, man. This is. Let's get to this interview, and we'll talk a little bit on the on the other side, because I got a I got a good uh, a good um, new study I found on the internet this week too. So we'll talk about that. Oh, we're back with the news. 
All right. Well, here's Jorge. We'll talk to you on the other side. All right. This week on the Live to Walk Again podcast, we are lucky enough to visit with Jorge Sierra, who is a published author of a book called Paralyzed to Prosperous. He's a student development speaker and coach and also working with uh, some corporations and and working with people uh, one-on-one personally, uh, just development and, uh, you know, trying to trying to make you a better human being. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing amazing. Thank you for having me, man. This is an honor. Great opportunity. I've been watching your work for a while. Uh, and yeah, man, just, just glad to be here, man. Thank you. Thank you for uh, receiving me. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, you know, I was actually brought, uh, you were brought to my attention from our mutual friend, uh, Art Renowitzki. So I'm glad we were able to, uh, finally make this work out and, and yeah, man. So for anybody who doesn't, you know, I was going to, usually at the beginning of these interviews, I ask, you know, how, how were you injured? How, you know, what, what was that story like? But, um, I actually, I feel like your story goes so much further back than that, man. I, I, I kind of would like you just to kind of lay out like where you were prior to, to being injured and, and kind of go from there and then and leading up to, to what happened. Yeah, no, nah, definitely. So I'll give some context of, of, you know, how I ended up uh, being a paraplegic, uh, you know, growing up, no father involved, mom, not, not, not around as, as, as liked. Uh, got raised by grandma um, at home, you know, dealt with a lot of personal traumas, uh, whether it's uh, drug addiction in the household, education not being celebrated, you know, being in welfare systems, Section 8, right, uh, you know, uh, government assistance all across the board. Um, and, you know, at that point, by the age of 13, 14, uh, you know, education was just not, was not a thing. So my freshman year dropped out, and that was the catalyst of me you know, turning into the streets and, and, you know, involving myself with gang activity, playing with guns, selling drugs, you name it, right? And then that ultimately led me to catching a case, which, uh, you know, was a possession of, of crack cocaine, which uh, put me in a situation that I had to go to court on May 2nd of 94. May 2nd of 94, I'm 17 years old. Uh, I'm a minor, so I had to go with my mother. And um, I remember that day like it was tomorrow, like it was yesterday. And, and so that day, particularly, we went in there. We, went, we were supposed to see the, see the judge. As I was sitting there, uh, rival gang members were in the building. And, you know, uh, verbal altercation turned into a physical altercation. We started fighting inside the, the, the courtroom, which ultimately led for myself, my mother, and four other individuals that were on the, you know, rebel, uh, uh, you know, on the other side of the, 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 the track. You know, there were ops is what we called them. Um, and that, you know, they threw us all outside. They dragged us. It was the second floor, uh, police department, the first floor, courthouse in the second. And they dragged us from the second floor all the way down to the first floor. And for my my surprise, I thought we were going to all get arrested. Right. You're fighting inside of a courtroom. You, you, you would think that the next thing after that. And I'm saying to myself, I, you know, I got to fight these dudes inside of a jail cell now. Uh, but for my surprise, they, they opened the door and they threw us outside. And that spilled out into front of in front of the courthouse, the doorsteps of the courthouse. And in a matter of seconds, to be honest with you, uh, you know, I hear my mom screaming, you know, there's a gun, gun. I, I jumped in front of her and, you know, several shots were, were ringed out. I got hit twice. I ultimately said to myself, or hey, they're going to try to they kill you. They're going to kill you. And when I, uh, you know, 
try to pivot to try to run back into the into the room into the building i collapsed uh they they ran up on me and they shot me four more times and um and the guy you know ran off so the young man that shot me was 15 years old and i was 17. um so literally i, I may 2nd of 94 i got gunned down um at the age of 17 at 12 o'clock in the afternoon in front of the doorsteps of the bristol connecticut uh courthouse police department by a 15 year old and that's how, you know, my, my journey as a paraplegic started um, at the age of 17. So now I'm 44, uh, been 26 years, going on 27 years this year, uh, May, it would be 27 years that I've been a, in a paraplegic. But that's, that's the context of, you know, how I ended up in the wheelchair. Um, and, and, you know, and here we are. That, I mean, that is the crazy, uh, like that you were gunned down at a, at a and didn't you say I, I think I, I heard another interview it wasn't the police department on the first floor of the yes so they just yeah, so, they just shot yeah. you in front of the police like my goodness man that is yeah, yeah police department was in the it's on the first floor uh courthouse is on the second floor and you know uh they knew it was gang affiliated they knew the the problem so for my surprising I'll be honest with you I thought they were going to arrest everybody involved it was me, my mother, and four other individuals, you know, uh, fighting me. Um, and, you know, yeah, man, it, it, it's seconds. Your life changed. And, uh, you know, one minute I'm, I'm standing, the next minute I'm fighting for my life. And, you know, truth be told, uh, the only reason I didn't die that day is because there was an ambulance actually having lunch right, at, right across the street. So they actually were already at the scene. So when it went, when it went, when it, when everything occurred, uh, you know, they were able to just, you know, get out the car, get out the truck and, and attend to me. Wow. Wow. So, you know, how long, um, obviously gunshot wounds, like that's, that's gonna, that's like a whole nother level. What, like, how long were you in the hospital for like rehabilitation, like things like that? Like what, what was like the next few months like for you after, after suffering that injury? It was, it was, it was scary, man. I'm not gonna lie. You know, one minute, I'm, I'm thinking I'm, the, I'm Superman, I'm the man, I'm 17, you know, I'm, I'm selling drugs, so I have money, I had guns on me, you know, I thought I was, my life was just, you know, I, I had in control and, and I thought that, you know, but seconds, uh, it turned into me, you know, feeling like a baby. I had to uh, wear diapers. I had to, now I have to uh, urinate with catheters, right? I have to, like my whole life literally changed in seconds. And so it was about a a year and some change process for me to just learn, relearned how to uh, uh, get back into society um, in the sense of how to manage a wheelchair, how to get in and out of the bathroom, how to get in and out of the, my bed, how to get in and out of a car, how to get off uh, on and off a sidewalk. Uh, they would, you know, through physical therapy, uh, they would put me on the floor and, and mimic me falling so I could learn how to get back on the chair if I was by myself, like, right. Like all these things that as, as someone that walks in this is full body uh, able, we don't, we take it for granted, right? We wake up in the middle of the night. We just go to the bathroom, have to sleep. We use the bathroom, go right back to bed. Well, you and I most likely can't do that. There's a process to everything we do, everything we do. There's a process. So they ha I had to learn from feeding myself to cooking, to uh, managing how to get dressed, how to, how to, uh, you know, uh, advocate for myself all across so I can have the quality of life that, you know, that we all want. Um, so it was about a year, some change. Uh, I was in the Gaylord Hospital uh, Rehab out in, in, in Connecticut and, you know, wonderful hospital. You know, one of the things I got lucky is that, they, you know, uh, God provided some amazing people 
through my journey and process of, of you know, transitioning from a, a full body, uh, you know, individual to, to a paraplegic. Um, and they were very uh, empathetic. Like they, 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 they knew how to love on me. I was angry. I was frustrated. I, I, didn't, I didn't know why even though I knew why, right? Cause I mean, realistically, it's not like this was a disease. This was an accident. I played with fire, I got burned, realistically. And, and I, I would remind myself and it was just more, I was upset of myself that I was, uh, that I allowed myself to get to that point. But there were some great therapists. There was great doctors that loved on the kid. Um, and they told me I would never walk again. They told me I would never move my legs. They told me that uh, my injury was uh, long life, and that was something that I never accepted. I was just, I refused to, to believe that that was going to be my story. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, yeah, man. So, uh, you know, I guess transitioning from, you know, that, that kind of dark, dark space and, and, you know, the injury and, you know, the gun violence, um, you know, what, what motivated, I know I read on your website about, um, I guess your mentor, Dr. Eric Thomas and, and, you know, getting into motivational speaking and, um, you know, what, I guess kind of what inspired that? Like what, where, how'd you find Dr. Eric Thomas? Talk, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, that's a good question, man. I'm a man of faith, right? And, you know, I truly believe that we all have to have some type of source of, of faith. Um, I want to say about four or five years ago, I, you know, I, for those that don't understand someone that is a paraplegic, we have several issues that constantly are part of our life. One of them being this UTI, urine tract infections, right? We self-catheterize. That becomes, the, I say that that's going to be the death of me one day because we have so much infections. We, I, I deal with chronic UTI. So ultimately antibiotics don't work because over the time, if you're not careful, your, your, your immune system get used to that. That's one thing. Uh, but then we deal with skin breakdowns. Um, and I had a skin breakdown that I actually, out of 26 years of me being in the witcher, there's been four times out of my career of being in the witcher that I've had major skin breakdown that has caused uh, bone infections. So from sitting down, that breaks down your skin, which ultimately starts creating pockets of fluid, which gets infected, which goes into your bloodstream or goes into your bone. When it goes into your bone and ultimately your, your bloodstream, that's dangerous. You will, you could, there's a big chance of you losing your life because at this point they have to pump you with so much antibiotics. Then you get sick because they kill all the good bacteria. And it's just a fight all around. That process took about um, every, every time. And within those four times I was in the hospitals in the same bed, uh, eating, sleeping, uh, using the bathroom. When I tell you uh, incarcerated in a jail, in a jail cell, would have been a, a, a vacation for me because you would a, be able to get out of that cell, move around. I was stuck in the same bed for a year and some change at a nursing home. Um, so I'm sitting there. At this point, I'm already a barber. Uh, I have my business. It's been, I've, it's been several years into, this was probably my third rodeo uh, in, in, in dealing with the same type of process. So, but it never gets easy. This is a mental strength that you have to be prepared for. Um, when you, when you end up in there in the beginning, you know, that it's going to take about a year before you get back to your routine and that within itself, it, it breaks the most strongest individual. So I, I think that it was about almost close to a year, me being in this situation that, um, my business was in jeopardy. Uh, my relationship was in jeopardy. I was miserable. I was, I was really in some, I, I want to say depression, 
and I don't easily get depressed. I want to, I want to say that like, it's not, I usually have the mindset that, Hey, listen, it is what it is. We'll deal with it. But these, these situations really stretch you to a point that, um, you know, it really, it really brings the, 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 you, you gotta dig in so deep for you to be able to get to on the other side of this. And I was on the breaking side of it. I'm not going to lie. And I started listening to YouTube and for the grace of God, I come and I hear this man and he's screaming and, and he's talking about don't give up. And, you know, you got, you know, I, I listened to the guru story and he's talking about how bad, you know, he wants to breathe as bad as he, uh, he wants to be successful as bad as he wants to breathe. And that caught me. I was like, okay, you want to be successful as bad as you want to breathe. And I never understood that concept. I never thought about that. And when you're trying to be, when you're trying to make it to the point that it's like not having air in your system, right? Like, like air is one thing that we can't live without. Right. So if you, if you put yourself in a situation and you make excuses for yourself and me sitting in that bed, it was making, I was making many excuses. I was feeling sorry for myself. And I realized, I said, yo, like, if you really want to make this happen, you got to take this. Like, if it's you breathe, like, it's like, are you ready to die? I wasn't ready to die. Obviously that's not never been a thought, but, um, I fell in love with him. I fell in love with his message. I fell in love with his energy. It felt like he was speaking to me. And literally uh, a little bit after that, uh, you know, my, 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 my girlfriend at the time, wife now, um, we were in danger of losing our relationship. And she, the, her last draw to, to, to save us, to, to try to like make me feel better. She said, listen, bro, um, I'm gonna, I got $500. She scraped it up. She got, I got $500. I'm gonna buy you this ticket. He was actually performing out in Philly. And she's like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna invest into it. I need you to go out there. Like something's gotta change. And when you come back, we'll figure out what, 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 what that is. So I long to, sorry, short, uh, she got the ticket. I was able to get her, you know, to get a ticket for her. We went out there and, and I, I, everything changed, man. I got there. I was exposed to what we call the personal development, professional development world. I was uh, blown away, like-minded individuals, people that were just actually just uh, wanted to uh, get better uh, mentally, physically, uh, spiritually. And it was such an experience for me that from there I got to meet E that translate, translated into a, uh, you know, a relationship. Ultimately, he married my wife and I. Um, he became my pastor. Um, and right now, you know, I'm part of a community that, you know, thrives off of being better, thrives off of not making excuses, um, and just making, finding solutions. So yeah, that's, that's in a, in a nutshell, how I met E and, and how that I was able to make the connection from where I was to where I'm at now. Wow, man, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So, so after you, uh, after you met, uh, Dr. Eric Thomas, then you like that just motivated you to start doing, uh, you know, speaking to students. And is that is that where it started that you wanted to like be a positive influence on, on the kids in school or or like how did that come about, I guess? Yeah, the crazy part and, you know, great question. Right. But the crazy part, this is why I tell people you got to visualize where you want to be. You got to bring it into existence. So way before. I met E, I was already in the process of how can I talk to people? You see, I've been an educator in the barber industry for 18 years, uh, over 20 years. So I'm a barber by trade. I've been in the wheelchair by tw uh, for 26 years and I learned how to cut hair in a wheelchair. Um, I dominated an industry that consists of uh, people walk standing behind a barber chair. I did it sitting down. They called me G the Barber Wheels. I, I literally was able to uh, find a way to dominate an industry that they laughed at me. They questioned me. They said, 
you know, how are you going to do that? Right. People love to put their doubts and their fears on you. And that's one thing that I just refuse to ever do that. So when I met E, I was already, I was already a point in my life that I had dominated. I was already bored with, with like, okay, what's next, right? The purpose. I was already part of the Massachusetts State Barbering Board. I was a state evaluator. I was an educator. So not only I educated you, I tested you at a state level and then I recommended you. So they would, and then I traveled, I did platform work. I, you know, huge companies that were dealing with, with uh, when it came to cos uh, cosmetology and, and, and barbering. But at this point, you know, I found myself in class always speaking to people and groups would come up and I would just speak and try to inspire them. Not because I was trying to speak, but I was just, I'm very passionate about life. I know what I had to go through. I know what it takes to get to the next level. And nine out of 10 times, it's not just your skills or your ability to do something, but it's your ability to show up. It's your ability to, to create the right habits. Your habits either get you closer or away from your goals. Bottom line. That's at the, at, the, at the entry level. And so I would share that with me, uh, with people all around, my students and everybody. And so you could see flocks of people come in the room, just kind of stop and silent and people crying. And, and I, I was just like, bro, I, I, I want to do this. I just didn't know what that was. I didn't know that that was a thing. I didn't know that they, I, I, where I come from, I come from the hood. We don't, I, you know, I wasn't exposed to personal development. That doesn't even, that's not even a word. Public speaking, no, like I, I used to be 15. I used to tell grown men when I was in a gang how to do things, right? So I've always had the gift to tell people and, and by my words, uh, impact. Uh, so when I met E, I was like, got it. I was like, wow, look at this. This is exactly what I want to do. And so uh, through that transition, he showed me exactly what that looked like. He showed me that he could look a certain way. It showed, he showed me that he could charge $50,000, $60,000 for corporate for an hour to speak and share his story and change people's life. I was like, I've been doing this for about 18, 19 years already. Now let's turn this into a profession. There you go. Um, that, that's very cool, man. Um, I wanted to know, I know you have your walk program, the W-A-L-K, like what, um, can you just like give us like a brief overview of what that is and like how you came up with that? Yeah, so, you know, there's a few things that I believe in. You know, the WAC program is just uh, acronyms. So what's your wheelchair, right? Uh, these are four steps that I, I say that you have to question, ask yourself and do uh, for you to be able to walk uh, into, your, into, your, into your destiny. Um, I, I love to tell people that even though I've been physically confined to a wheelchair for the last 26 years, I actually was uh, I, I actually was actually paralyzed way before I got put in a physical chair. What does that mean? Um, you know, the physical chair is one thing, but that paralyzed mindset is another. Um, and so I realized that a lot of us, especially in 2021, we deal with depression, we deal with comparison, we deal with, you know, we're not good enough. We're dealing with social media, and that's always in our face. That's always letting us know that you know somebody's supposed to be better than us, or we're supposed to move a certain way. And that, that really becomes a, a, a paralyzed mindset. It keeps you stuck because now you, you don't know who you are and you, you're finding, uh, you know, so you're finding to, to get affirmation from someone else. And it's not, it shouldn't be like that. So the first thing that you, you have to identify is what's your, what's your widget? You know, what is, what's, what's, you know, like, and I'm not talking about a physical thing. What's holding you back? Well, could it be your habits? Is that your physical year? I, I love to tell people, don't let your habits become your wheelchair, 
right? Because if your habits, you don't got the proper habits, you don't got a routine, you're not going to be able to, to uh, perform. You're not going to be able to show up. You're not going to be able to have uh, consistency. And when you do that and you have those things, it'll, it'll allow you to, to uh, get to the next level. Um, the, the, the A from the walk is aspire to, to be great. Like you have to, ha you have to want to, what's next? Like, what, what do you, where do you want to be at? You know, right. I want to be in a position that I could serve the world and I want to bring positivity and I want to be the light wherever I go. Right. I don't chase money. Don't get it. But, you know, we got to live. We got to pay bills, but I don't chase money. I chase purpose. Money comes from when you actually serve. Um, so what is what, what 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 are you inspiring to do? Like, what does that look like? Right. And then, you know, uh, the L. Right. It's like you got to learn. I believe that education is like so key. I think that a lot of us, we think that is something wrong with us, that we we don't have the skills or the, the, the know how. You know, I got people that's like, yo, I just don't know how to deal with the internet. Man, listen, this is thing called YouTube University. This is thing called Google University. You just gotta learn. You just gotta be willing to get uncomfortable, right? Because once you identify what's the problem, you identify what you wanna do, then now you start learning. You start learning what that is. And then ultimately the K is kick your chair, kick that wheelchair, right? Kick that mindset, kick that, that behavior, kick that, you know, uh, that, you know, some folks believe that somebody owes them something. Well, what, I don't know about you, uh, Jeremy, but I, one thing I learned in the wheelchair, nobody owes me anything. Right. Nobody owes me anything. Like, I get it. My situation, a lot of people, it's like, they, they need me and they're like, I'm sorry you're in a child. I was like, don't say you're sorry. I'm good. I'm living a good life. Yeah. Trust me. I don't sell my time for money. If we actually sit down and put our, our, our problems on paper, you might, I, yeah, I don't want your problems. Right. I promise you. Right. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's just four steps that I use to uh, help individuals to just really start activating and use it as a catalyst to get into that prosperous mindset. Yeah, I, you know, I love the, I just love the, that, how, yeah, it's like how the, everybody, you, you can be paralyzed even if you're not physically, you know, disabled, like you can be, you know, it's, it's everybody has a, has a wheelchair. I really like that, uh, that that saying you know like that's uh that's very cool that you came up with that man uh, hey look it, it, people you know we we're so visual that we think that there's something wrong because i see you in a wheelchair they see me in a wheelchair and it's like bro we actually here doing what we doing what are you doing right <laughs> i hear you man i hear you um and then you know i, I wanted to also ask you um about legacy i know i heard you talk on another uh, podcast or interview um, about legacy and, and like what that means to you. Um, you know, we talk, just tell us a little bit about, about that and how that kind of goes. Yeah. Legacy means, life. yeah. Legacy means a lot to me um, because as I said earlier, you know, I didn't get raised with a father. I don't know who my grandfathers are. Right. And the only reason I don't know who these guys are and these, these great, great grandfathers, cause they never left us nothing. Right. And so when you say legacy, you think you think it's is, uh, you know, something physical money. Right. And, and I'm just talking about, you know, where I where I really see it is, is information is creating a, a value of who you are, self, self, self value, self character. Right. Passing it down to my son. I got a 14 year old son. I got a 26 year old daughter. 
right? My daughter is just as old as I've been in the chair. May 2nd of 94, I got put in the chair. December 14 of 94, she was born. So my daughter's never seen me walk. It, she all she's known me me being in the chair. But one thing that that I, I was I've been able to do is break break the chains, right? I told you in the beginning of this podcast is that education was not celebrated in my household. We come from welfare recipients. We are Section Eight, uh, huge on government uh, assistant. Um, and I, you know, looking back, it's not. I, I don't have a problem with government assistant. I just want to be clear because if you need it, that's what's there for. But there's a time where you have to say, okay, is this a crutch? Is this something that's going to paralyze me? Am I only using it because I need to get through from A to B to transition to C? Or am I going to make this a career? Am I going to make this it? And a lot of us, I promise you, like, you know, like my family at one point, that's what they did. They, they, they were just not willing to go and find the answers. And it was just easy to receive that check. And I just refused to do that. I refused to have my kids look like that. Like I said, not because there's anything wrong with it. It's there for, for help. You need it. You step into it. But don't let it become your life. Don't let it become your, your, your norm. And so ultimately, you know, uh, we were able to break out of that system. Um, you know, education was not a thing, but we just published a book May 2nd of uh, 2020. and became a published author. Breaking chains, right? Legacy. Right. My kids don't know anything else. See, I was a ninth grade dropout. My daughter finished high school. She went to college. Right. My nephews, there's no dropouts. Me and my sisters, we broke that those chains because we are able to give them a measurement of what it looks like. Us coming up, we didn't know what that looked like. So we had to go through some bumps and bruises. And for the grace of God, we were able to find our routine and, and, and fix those things. So the next generation didn't get caught up in the in the foolishness. As of right now, um, you know, I'm on, on my, my second year of chasing a degree in college. Nice. Why, Jorge? Why chase a degree? And this is a conversation people have actually had with me. Why are you going back to school? You don't need it. You're very successful in the barber industry. You're very successful in the speaking industry. Well, number one is because even though school is hard for me, I don't like the structure of school. I don't like doing homework, but I love options. Yeah. I love options. And so I believe that education is valuable. I believe that that allows you to position yourself to create what we call legacy. And you pass down these, these, these uh, values, these, these uh, uh, you know, uh, principles that you would stand by that, you know, once you have those, you could create a foundation and you could build any house on that, on that foundation because it's solid. Mm-hmm. I love it, man. I love it. And you, you mentioned the book again. I meant to ask you about that a few minutes ago. So you said that just came out. Uh, when when was the the book released? That was May second of twenty twenty. So I did it on my twenty fifth anniversary of being wow. in a wheelchair. And so is I it was, just a is it just a, an autobiography then, or or is it is it implementing some of the the tools that you use? What what exactly is the book uh, all about? So, yeah, so it's a mix of both, right? I share some stories of how I got put in the chair, mm-hmm. and then I put some principles into it. It's a short read. It's for students. I, it was intentionally to not be crazy. I, I, I wrote it how I speak so kids could actually understand, um, you know, because what I really, my intentions to it is not to make it complex so they could actually receive what the message is. And, it, and again, it's like, don't let, don't let your situation define who you are. It don't, it don't matter what there is. It's, there is an, there's a choice. We all have choices. Uh, Jeremy, you, you, you're born to be great, King. Uh, right before we got on, I told you, I said, bro, like, I, I look up to you. I'm inspired by you. The fact that you're doing what you're doing, 
you're finding your purpose, you're, you're creating a platform for not only yourself, but for us. That's beautiful, man. I respect that to the fullest. Um, but again, we have to make that choice. Was it easy for you? Was it doubtful for you? Was it, ah, should I do this? Should I do that? Like, I'm sure you went through all those emotions. I'm sure that, you know, even though people was encouraging you, you was like, oh my God, I don't want to look, I don't want to look a certain way. I don't want to do this. I'm like, yo, it's easy. Our brain is wired not to make us successful, but it's wired to make us safe. And because it's wired to make us safe, it's going to try to talk us out of so many things. So yeah, man, it's, it's one of those things that the book is meant for, uh, for, for allowing individuals to go from that paralyzed mindset to that prosperous mindset, but at a, at a teenage level. That, that's very cool, man. That's very cool. I appreciate the kind words. I feel the same way about what you're, what you're doing, man. This is a, this is a great program. And, and yeah, I hope, uh, I hope it uh, continues on and you got, you're doing such a great job, man, for real. Thank you. Um, and so, yeah, you know, Jorge, I did want to um, also ask you about, I know I've seen a couple of videos of you uh, up, you know, taking steps with a walker and, um, you know, how, like, what, what's, what's it all about? You mentioned earlier that the doctors told you you'd never walk again, which is the famous thing they tell most of us <laughs> in this situation. And uh, it's, the, yeah. it's the hardest thing to, to not believe and, 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 you know, just trust trust that, uh, you know, you're going to be able to do it again. But yeah, talk about being able to get up and, and walk around a little bit. Yeah, I've, I've always been stubborn, bro. I, I have a stubborn spirit. And sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad. As I get older, it becomes a better thing, right? Because I'm, I'm not in situations that are, that are creating some foolishness that uh, is putting me in, in, in like the day of the courtroom, right? Like, why am I fighting? Why did that, could I, could I have walked away from that? Could I have made the, yes, I could have done so much different things, but that same energy, that same, that same uh, stubbornness is what got me to where I'm at right now. They told me I couldn't walk. They told me I won't walk. They told me like, bro, like, listen, the way the bullet hit you, like, that's it. And I'm like, nah, it's not happening. And, you know, literally a little bit after I got out the hospital, truth be told, I grabbed the friend's car and I was, I had him put parking in an empty parking lot and we started kind of like putting my foot on the gas and you think I'm crazy. He's crazier enough to allow me to even do that foolishness. Looking back, I'm like, bro, you see the influence I had? Like, right. like how would I convince somebody from a paraplegic that can't really move? And I'm here having this, this young brother, you know, but that's how it started. It started with me positioning myself in situations that I'm like, let's try this. I remember about 18, uh, 16 years ago, uh, yeah, about 16 years ago, 15 years ago, I bought a house and it was a two family. You would think that I would actually move to the first floor. I moved to the second floor. <laughs> and everybody's like, yo, what are you doing? How are you going to get up there? Like people got to, I was like, we're going to figure this out. It started me. I'm not going to lie to you. It started me step by step on my butt. Then it ultimately turned into me actually pivoting. Then it turned into me standing. Then it turned into me taking steps. So that was the catalyst wow. of me figuring out, you know, and then, you know, implementing the gym all the time. Right. And so my biggest thing is that I had to figure, I had to really understand that, like, if they told me I wouldn't be able to do this, it's like, I got to see this for myself. Like, I'm not going to just take your word for it and sit there and not and lose whatever little bit. You got to understand, as a paraplegic, the first three years of your incident or accident, those when you that's when you mostly get in, as much back. 
but I didn't start doing any of that right away. Like I did the car thing, but I wasn't really uh, uh, engaged like I should have. Mm-hmm. So my, my, my movement came years after. But that mindset of what I just explained and being able to put myself in a position that I was going to, uh, you know, uh, test, you know, how much can I really do certain things and, and posi- put, put positioning myself in areas that it's like I didn't have no choice but to do what I needed to do. That allowed me to right now, just recently, I don't know if you got to see a clip of, of me. I'm, I'm, I'm pressing two plates, you know, leg press, two plates on each side. Yeah, man. Right. Two plates. <laughs> I'm walking, I'm taking steps, I'm taking at least 100 steps. Yeah, given I got crutches, yeah, given I got braces, but they told me I won't walk. You see, I, I don't, we, we, yeah. So I might not be walking like how everybody else is walking, but guess what? We walking. Yeah, that, that's amazing, bro. That is amazing. And that's one of the, you know, the Live to Walk Again Foundation. That's one of our, one of our uh, sayings is, you know, all things are possible. So you can't give up man that's that i love it that's that's like the my favorite type of story right there um but yeah you know Jorge, how has uh you know kind of transitioning to um where we're at right now like as a country like dealing with the you know as a as a the whole world dealing with this pandemic um how has this affected you and and you know what i guess what can you offer to, to, you know, people that are like dealing with, you know, depression or, or, uh, you know, whatever loneliness, whatever it may be from the effects of this uh, COVID situation. Yeah. That's, that's real good. I'm glad you touched on that because it's, it's, it's a, it's a problem um, across the country and across the world, right? It's not just our country. The world is, the the whole world is actually uh, dealing with this. Um, But I'll be honest with you, uh, my brother, um, the pandemic was a blessing for me. And first of all, before I start getting into this, this, you know, this explaining what I mean, I want to, I want to really respectfully, you know, my condolences to anybody that lost their family members, their lost uh, loved ones, their lost friends. Like, like I want to, I, I don't want to be sensitive to that because it's, 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 we, we have lost a lot of people and it's real. Um, I do believe that the, you know, COVID is real. Um, I have a barber. I got a barbershop in a bar. One of my barbers lost his his grandmother, his grandfather, and his mother within five days to COVID. And his mom was like in her forties. So it's re- it's it's real, right? So I want to first of all my condol my condolences to family members, loved ones. If you are in this situation, you lost one. Put aside that that sad uh, those sad situations that is on, on, you know, unforgivable. But, you know, one thing that I truly believe I'm a man of faith, so I believe everything happens for a reason. And you always gotta find the good in every situation. That's how I was able to get from where I was, from, from banging sets, right? From banging sets to cashing checks. That's why, that's why I'm, I'm where I'm at right now. I went from carrying guns, now I carry programs, right? Like, I, I, because I always tried to find the best in any situation. I don't care how bad that is. So first of all, the pandemic itself was a blessing for my family and overall for my finances, for my brain, for my spiritual, why? Because I was able to get closer to my family. We spent months here getting to know each other. I spent enough time through this whole process to get closer to God. I spent enough time to think of ways to reinvent my companies, right? So it allowed the world to stop and instead of sitting here and be like feeling sorry for myself, I said, well, Jorge, what can we do? Let's, let's, we might as well, there's no, comp- there's nobody's competing. 
The whole world shut down. Now at this point, it don't matter how much money they have. They're literally looking for toilet, uh, paper toilet, right? Uh, just the same way that I am. We went yeah. through that whole craziness. And it didn't matter how much money you had. People were going through the same problems. So I was like, got it. This is a time for me to catch up to a lot of people. And so I took that opportunity to really start working on myself in all aspects. Uh, you know, faith, family, fitness, uh, um, and, and finances, right? Like I, I, I took those four pillars and it was, it was real for me to now... Was it easy? It wasn't. I had to really shift my my mindset. And you know, my mom just you know she's dealing she, she's dealing with COVID right now, so she's sick. So you know, and so you know, I feel baffled. I can't get to her. She lives a, a, an hour and some change away from me. But I'm a person that finds solutions. So I'm like I'm like, yo, mom, how can I help you? She's like, I don't know. I just need some things. Well, <laughs> we we call we 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 did the 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 food on carts right with the, the app that that brings them food. I've been sending her food. They dropping it at her door. Like, there's always a solution. So my thing is that whatever you're going through through this whole COVID, it's a perfect time to reinvent yourself, to find yourself, and to really understand who you are. Some some of us just gotta find who we are. We, yeah. you know, 2021 is one of those things that you know it's there's so much information out there that you're letting the world actually program you. And one of the things that I tell people is like, stop letting the world programming you to becoming what it needs you to be. This is the year for you to start programming the world to fit you. That, that's, Bottom line. Uh, that's amazing, bro. That, that's a, such a great saying. I love it. Um, you know, me and you, man, we're both, we've been, we've been at this a long time. I'm, I got injured in 98. I know you got injured in 94. Um, so we're, we're pretty much, you know, OGs at this thing right now, but, uh, you know, I always ask anybody, you know, kind of in conclusion here, I know I've taken up a bit of your, your Saturday, um, but I wanted to know, you know, I always try to ask anybody like any health tips or workout tips or anything like that you can offer to other people in this situation that you've maybe found over the years that, that isn't like a mainstream type of thing. Um, you know, my thing is simple. Uh, What's helped me, uh, someone that deals with chronical UTIs, skin breakdowns, right? Like this has been my, it's been my challenge over the years. Uh, first of all, the chronical UTIs, it's, 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 it's one of those things that it's just not, it's out of my control because the catheter is going inside my bladder. I'm putting a foreign object inside my, 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 my private. And it's, and of course, that's going to cause some chances. But what I was not, what, what, what I needed to do, and I realized that I needed to do is that I needed to eat better. Sugar, sugar is my enemy. Sugar will create infections. Sugar is no good. Sugar is like you actually you might as well take crack and cocaine and all that because it's just as bad. It's addicting. Um, it's it, it it eats you up. And because I'm uh, as a paraplegic, we're sitting there. We don't sweat as as much as someone that was actually walking. So we have to be very careful with how we consume food, sugar, all that. So my simple remedy is that I drink a gallon of water every day. Um, I, I weigh my food. Um, I have a, I, after this, we're going to get, we, we're going to go to a restaurant and have a cheat meal. So I treat myself, but that's all it is. We're not eating multiple uh, uh, ways of, you know, different, you know, back to back because I can't afford as, as a paraplegic to sit there and gain the weight because then it makes it more challenging. And I see, it's not even a, a, a I want to look a certain way. It's more of a, of a quality of health. I can't move and become independent if I'm literally overweight. And I've been there. I've, I've been almost 300 pounds in the wheelchair. That's being paraplegic. That you think about paralyzed, 
put yourself in a situation that you can't move and then you put some weight on top of that. That's a problem. And then you put a situation that because you, the way you're eating, you have high blood pressure. That turns into uh, 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 diabetes. That turns into depression. That turns into you can't move. Now you feel sorry for yourself. Now you've literally paralyzed, yeah. not only physically, but mentally. So I know better. So my thing is this, whatever it is for you, I don't call it a diet. I just have better choices of eating. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in diets. Diets are meant to break. I just create a lifestyle. So I eat better. I weigh my food. Um, but if I had to really give you that one nugget, it's this. Invest into yourself. Invest into a coach. Somebody that knows how to do nutrition. Somebody that knows how to do physical uh, workout. I have coaches in all aspects. I believe in personal development. I, like a lot of us, you would spend hundreds of dollars on a trip, hundreds of dollars on playing video games, hundreds of dollars on on, on food that it's no good for you. But when it comes down to you, you know, let, let me leave it like this. LeBron James, I believe he pays, he, he pays about a million dollars a year into his body. Yeah. He invests a million plus into himself physically. And, and he just won a championship after 20 years. Like he's, the man looks like he's younger than ever. Why? Because you got to treat your body at a certain way. You've got to find those people that are professionals. You lead, And if you say, Jorge, I don't got that time. I don't, I don't got the money. Well, this is thing called YouTube. All you got to do is Google something, YouTube something. They will walk you through it. They will give you the foundation, the, the one, two, three steps to get started. And ultimately, when you're able and willing to uh, find somebody to kind of train you and walk you through that process, I highly recommend the investment because you are the product. You're the one that that is, are able going to pay the bills. You're the one that's going to be uh, here longevity for your, your wife, your husband, your family. Like you have to find ways for you to make yourself uh, uh, healthier, stronger, not only mentally, physically, but also spiritually. So I hope that helps. Oh, I love it, bro. I love it. I was going to say also, man, you're, you're in Massachusetts. Tom Brady, man, he, you guys oh. know him well. It's the GOAT, man. He's out there. He just – He's in Tampa. Years old, yeah, I know. Yeah, but I mean, I can't believe he switched teams and still going to the Super Bowl. That's crazy out here. But yeah, it just shows you the you know you put that put that energy into your body, you can uh, do anything. Yes, yes. Um, you are you are you, and I'm gonna leave you with this, right? If anybody that's ever traveled on a plane, the first thing they tell you when they're taking off, what is it? They tell you, please. If the train, if the plane is going down, make sure that you put oxygen on yourself first before you put it on anybody else. Why? If in the process you got your daughter, your son, that your instinct would be to put oxygen on them first, your wife, somebody that you love, you could actually pass out from the plane falling. And if you pass out, guess what? They're not going to get the oxygen and you're not going to get the oxygen. So everybody's gone. So what I say, the reason I say this is that right now you need to put oxygen on yourself first. So then you can take care of everyone else around you, right? Take care of you first, make sure you're good, you're healthy, mentally, physically. And then you can put that oxygen on your baby girl, your baby boy, your wife, your husband. Uh, ultimately, there's a reason why they tell you that because you, you can't help others if you're not good. That's just what it comes out to. Uh, that's, that's a beautiful way to end this, uh, end this interview. Jorge Sierra, I appreciate you, brother. Uh, we'll definitely keep in touch, man, and uh, we'll have to do it again down the road. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. God bless. All right, that was Jorge Sierra. Uh, you know, 
little known fact that most people on uh, that listen to the podcast don't know is I generally call Brandon as soon as I get off of any interview and he normally doesn't answer and <laughs> then I text him and I say bro I think I just had the best interview we've had it's yet it's true you do all, all that's what you say is true I, <laughs> I do man but this time I think I, I'm uh, for real man like this I know you haven't heard it yet Brandon you're gonna hear it shortly but uh you know Jorge is just like talk about an inspirational guy man yeah. this, this dude is well you were able else. to um tell me a lot about his story when I called you back the next day yeah <laughs> <laughs> as far as re- it might have been later in the day but uh, that's a wild story, man. Yeah, it's a wild story. Yeah, he's uh, he's. I mean, he's lucky to be alive for sure. I mean, mm. and like we talked in the podcast, we talked about how both. You know, I mean, pretty much anybody with this injury is lucky to be alive. But yeah, him especially. So, you know, it's uh, it's definitely good to, good to connect with people like that and, mm-hmm. and just be able to hear those stories and yeah, get man, those the, out there. Uh, the Live to Walk Again podcast is full of so much. Uh, so many jewels, man. So many gems. So many people that are life-changing people. Um, inspirational. And if you just go back and just listen to the to some of the guests we've had on here, uh, it's just amazing. Yeah, I don't even want to say anymore. Like, oh, just go back and click on each episode so we yeah. get credit for you. You should actually go back and listen if you haven't yet to every episode because I'm pretty sure there there's something in all of them, man. That yeah. that's motivating and yeah that's what we try to do anyway so um yeah i mean it's it's uh i'm really i'm proud of that that interview for sure man. good so man i can't to, wait to hear it i'm glad uh thank you again to jorge sierra that was uh that was a great uh conversation and we'll definitely do it again sometime soon man so um but yeah brandon i definitely uh you know check out the spinal cord injury stories on the the internet quite a bit we need to hit the breaking uh news uh cue right now so so uh, let me tell you like when i was in the hospital with pneumonia a few Mm. years ago um the doctor came in and was like she had um it was this little like old i don't even she must have been like 65 probably um little asian woman and she was like you know i studied this in I forget if she was from South Korea, I think. And she's like, I studied people with spinal cord injuries when I lived there. And we just call it Korea, man. Okay. Well, there's a difference between North Koreans. Anyway, I guess North Korea, they can't just leave freely. though. So anyway, um, she was saying that she studied um, spinal cord injuries a lot when no, she was sure. there. And that the problem, she's like the biggest pro one of the biggest problems is that you can't, um, gauge your or you can't uh keep your blood pressure mm. at even levels like our blood pressure runs low oh and yeah. so it's hard to uh like when they take your blood pressure like well to get an accurate reading because yeah. it could be whatever at the time exactly and like i remember when i first um yeah, got injured I mean, and we'd it, get up at like the standing table and like i would just like turn white and they would have to like you know you have to get you'd feel like you were gonna you know, be sick and gonna pass, pass out, out. And uh, so, anyway, researchers. Dude, I mean, that happens to me sometimes when I get up because of, I feel like I don't know if it's true, but the distance blood has to travel because I'm super tall, right? Right. 
<clears throat> so if I'm like bending down for an extended period of time and I get back up, you know, then I just lean down real quick because I get a little like lightheaded. Right, right. So, yeah, well, anyway, so that's a problem, been a problem for a long time. And like eventually that can lead to heart attacks and strokes, which is apparently a common uh-huh. cause of death for people with spinal cord injuries, according to this article anyway. Um, so it says researchers with the University of Calgary and the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology have devised a potential solution, a neuroprosthetic device that can replicate the natural physiological process to sustain blood pressure while changing positions. Wow. And it's just a, a few centimeters in length uh, implanted. Uh, the implanted device imitates the body's barrow barrow flex simulating the spine to trigger neural responses that affect blood pressure. Such devices are already used to treat uh, several types of pain unrelated to spinal cord injuries, but this is the first time it's been used to address, uh, I don't know what the name of that is. It's, yeah, it's yeah. a long name. So, so. Uh, that can be used at times other than when you're trying to get up and it's like you would just use that all the time? Well, like I remember when I would first get up into my chair too from like laying in bed to getting into the chair like when I first got injured and it, my blood pressure would like drop or if, yeah. I had to, if I was sitting up too straight too soon, like not tipped back or anything, my blood pressure would just plummet, which is not a good feeling at all. So anyway, I mean, I don't know about getting something implanted in my mm. system, though. So I mean, that's yeah. always, I'm always leery of that. I mean, if it's going to be anything, it's going to be the Neuralink. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> Might as well just hold out, dude. Yeah, let's get And that. then if you need to get your blood pressure regulated also after after that, then let's go. Right. Yeah, I just uh, I just wanted to bring that up. Cause I, that well, that's is, cool, though. I mean... At uh, least they're working on stuff, man. But that's uh, something I had no idea about. I didn't didn't ever correlate those two together um, as being like binary problems. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So yeah, man. Um, yeah. That's why, that's why like when we talk about getting up at the standing table, it's like, I need a couple people there just to be on the, on the safe side. In case well, I gotta you come need to get back quick. up on that shit. I know, man. I've been really lacking on I mean, that. It's been a long time, bro. It has man. So I need to get, I mean, I, I tried to figure it out. I know we tried one time to get some people here to help you to do that and they denied you which you know is also another problem right right because i need two people to to do it because i'm a big big dude yeah but i mean also you want some professionals bro i, I would they, i mean i wouldn't i would i've done it enough times that i can like walk people through it but uh, okay yeah it's just a matter of then we can measure bone, then we're gonna measure your ass bro and see if you're really six three like like you say. Oh no, I don't. I'm six four, bro. Oh okay, okay. Not six three, but I was six. Man, I was six three when I got injured at eighteen yeah, years old. Know, so man, I think you were like a like a five, like a six one. <sighs> Shit. All right, man. We're not gonna. I know Brandon likes to be the tall one. I'm not saying that, man. I just like I remember I was there. Yeah, man. I was I was catching up, bro. Wasn't too far back, but. Um, yeah, man. So we got, I feel, I feel good. We're going to have a little Super Bowl episode of the podcast this coming week. Oh, uh, okay. We're going to talk to Eddie Canales from a organization called Gridiron Heroes. It's like cool, cool guy, man. Yeah. Like I talked to him this week. Um, 
just like before we did the interview while we were trying to figure out when to do the interview and uh yeah we're gonna try we're gonna get that out before uh before the super bowl next sunday which Dang, will be cool man. you just be turning these out man you know what man you know who we need to get on the podcast who's the uh the master of like health and longevity is uh tb12 tom brady oh dude <laughs> that guy man He's uh he's something else. Forty three. Yeah. Is I mean, he forty three? He's forty three. I'm gonna I'm gonna give respect where it's due, man. <laughs> I mean that's that's wild. It's wild to be. But it also goes to show you, um, the progress that we've made in health and fitness, right? And also in science and technology. Yeah. And in a short time, I mean, I mean, I, I remember like. There's been some guys that have played for a long time, but you felt like those guys were just like, um, just freaks, just because like a Brett Favre, like he didn't really do anything special. He just did it right. Yeah. Like Tom Brady's really gone out of his way. Yeah. And I mean, LeBron they, James. Yeah. They, like, they they take an exceptional care of their body, and you know, it's their job. I mean, I get it. They have then they have the resources, but they spend a lot of time and effort into maintaining their their fitness or their longevity and their their um, recovery yeah that's true and man. i think man like some of that stuff would have been could have been some of this stuff that we know now about recovery could have been really helpful in the beginning stages of your injury you it's know? true man yeah the the advancements are i mean what i'm 20 it was just my uh, life day like two weeks ago well february is gonna be our anniversary for this podcast two years man we've been doing it so that's wild too man yeah yeah so anyway yeah thanks again to my guy jorge sierra yeah, thank you so much and jorge. uh yeah we'll be talking to eddie canales on this next episode coming up uh in the next few days we might put it out a couple days early just so it gets out ahead of uh, the super bowl and yeah, thank you guys for listening. We will be back next week. 